0: <laughs> this thing needs wheels on it. All right All right. Um, I got a couple questions tonight. <clears throat> First question is, uh, how many of you got more than seven hours of sleep? Anybody in the room? Six hours? Five hours. Four hours, three, anybody less than two? Wow, and you're still awake, I cannot believe it, all right. How many of you uh, got injured today, any injuries? Wow, okay, half of my group's injured, okay. I got a splinter in my hand that's driving me nuts, but uh, anyways, maybe, I'm not sure. All right. Well, um, <clears throat> I'll tell you, it is always a uh, a privilege when uh, when Shane asks me if I'll speak when we come to Impact. It really is. In fact, it's it's a privilege anytime you get to share God's Word because it's something that's living, it's breathing, it's the only thing that can change a life for eternity. Literally, somebody can accept Christ and receive the forgiveness of sin, and their life changes forever. And it's exciting to share that. So um, our theme verse is uh, 1 Timothy 4.12. Don't let anyone think less of you because you are young. Be an example to all believers in what you say and the way you live and your love, your faith, and your purity. I've I've liked this verse for for many, many years. And and one of the things that I like about it, now um, hear me and don't mishear me, I love that it says, be an example to all believers. And that's not a that we think we're, like, you know, we're going to tell adults or, uh, or believers that have been believers for a long time what to do or anything like that. But what it means is we can set an example for, even, for any believer that's there, a- any believer. Um, and so as a student, a lot of times we think, well, I got to wait until I get older to, to serve in the church or to serve God or to do this, or do that, and it tells me very clearly right there, it tells us that even at a, in an early age, whatever age you are, we can be an example to all believers. You know, I know that some of us probably in the room come from homes where, may, where maybe our mom and dad are not believers, or maybe they are believers, but they're not actively serving God, and what a, we need to be an example. We need to be an example to our, to our parents and our siblings of what it looks like to be a, be a devoted believer and a disciple of Jesus Christ. What a, what a great responsibility we have there. And that's not an easy thing. It's not an easy responsibility because sometimes we don't want to do what our parents tell us to do. Sometimes we think that they are lost their minds, that they have, they have lost total real, loss of reality. And that may be the case. I know that my four children probably think that of me most of the time, and it's probably true. But... Uh, but I'm still dad, and, and I get to use that as a, as a, as a right. <clears throat> so an example. That's what we're talking about, setting an example, be an example this week. And so uh, Jason talked about a tax collector last night and talked about tax collectors. And we're going to continue to talk about tax collectors tonight. We're going to look at a story that we find in Luke 19. So if you've got a Bible, you've got a phone, you can look up chapter, or Luke chapter 19. And we're going to start in verse, verse one, and we're going to kind of unpack this and look through this some. Um, um, but so tonight, I want us to, to what I want us to set an example to, to our friends, to our family, to whoever, an example how we treat the outcast, the outsiders, maybe somebody that our society has said, they're unlovable, they don't, they don't deserve to be loved, or they don't deserve to be treated fairly or taken care of. And so I want us to... Look how Jesus treated an outsider named Zacchaeus. How many of you guys ever heard of Zacchaeus? How many of you guys know the song? So, if I had you, no. So, anybody has got a hand up's going to come sing, right? Just kidding. All right. I'll get Mark to come up and get his guitar out and we'll play it. No. But I'll never forget that song from an early age. You know, we know that Zacchaeus, he was a wee little man, and he wasn't just a wee little man, but a wee little man was he. So I don't know if that means he was extra little, but he was a wee, wee man. And, uh, and so, and he's, you know, he had, some, he had some issues, and I want us to look tonight and see how, what happened, how Jesus loved him. Jesus is going to give us some great examples tonight of how we ought to treat the outcast. Those that maybe our society has said, they are unlovable. You know, we've all felt that way before. I know we have If you're like me, you have. You've, you've felt like the outcast. you felt like somebody's making fun of you. You've walked into a room and it got quiet, or you've walked into the cafeteria and you didn't know where to go sit. Even if you were the most popular, there was probably a day that you walked in there and something had happened the day before and you felt like that, you know, that everybody was making fun of you. We've all felt like we were the outcasts. We've all felt like that we feel scared, we feel alone, we feel worthless, we feel unvaluable, that nobody cares if we're here or not. And sadly, there are a lot of people that feel that way all the time. They always feel like that. They always walk into a, a classroom. I, I know students that tell me stories about, they, they literally almost run from one class to the next because they don't want to get picked on. They don't want someone to make fun of them. They hide in the bathrooms between classes. And I don't realize there's some of you guys that have been very blessed. You're, you know, you're, you're, maybe you're just the most beautiful lady in the world. You're the most handsome and studly guy. And you don't maybe understand what I'm even talking about. Everybody loves you. You have a great personality. You walk into the room and everybody wants to come over and see you. They think, you know, they, they think that you're the, the great, maybe like an athlete or something. I don't know. You don't understand what I'm talking about. But there are people in the room tonight that understand that. I, I, kind of, um, I kind of understand from both sides. I was an athlete in school, had a lot of friends, and I was able to, you know, people liked me, and, and, and I'm not trying to, but, but I'm, I want to give you a point here. I, I understood both sides because I did have a lot of friends. I was able to mix in with the athletes, and, 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 and I was invited to do things, and people noticed me, but one of the things that I also had that I've dealt with my whole life is a learning disability. I've struggled with learning my whole life. Now, <clears throat> I'm one of the kind of people that don't learn the way our schools normally teach. And that's nothing to pick on our education. But what I mean by that is, if you want to teach me to do something, let's say we had a piece of machinery here, and I you wanted to show me how to use it, I would need you to just say, pull this lever, push this button, turn this, do that, do this. I would do it three or four times and I got it. If you handed me a thousand page book and said, hey, I don't have the te- time to teach you, but here's a book, read it. Now I can read, I don't, I don't have a problem reading, but I have struggles a lot of time remembering what I read. And so I, when I was in school, I was at, I, my dad's a, is a pastor, so I moved around some and wound up in sometimes smaller schools and nothing wrong with that. Love small towns. We're in a small town right now, um, but I would when I was going to school, they didn't they didn't always do a great job of maybe helping us fit into the school. And so, what I mean by that, so if I needed help with something, I would go to a special classroom, and they would help me with my test, or they would help me read something that, that maybe helped me so I can comprehend it. That type of thing. And uh, I don't remember what this stood for. It had something to do with the school, but but it was the initials said, were were the words selco. I don't know, they stood for something. And and at first, a lot of times, again, I was one of those kids, I would kind of hang out in the hallway until the, right before the bell rang until the room, until the hallway started clearing out, and I would duck into that room so that nobody would say anything. Well, a friend of mine, again, I'm not sure how good a friend he was, but I said he was a friend, noticed I did that one day. One day I'm in the locker room and he comes in and, and it's the first time this happened. He comes in and he says, Hey, Mr. Soko? And I had one of those moments that I'm talking about a minute ago. The sweat started bubbling up. My stomach started hurting. I felt like I was useless. I felt like I was not valuable to anybody. I felt stupid. I felt afraid. I felt scared. Because it began to kind of catch on. And then... Some of my friends would say, oh, you know." after a period of time, they would tell the other guys, shut up, it's stupid, you're being childish. But some of them would still do it every once in a while. And then, I, and then I began to realize it doesn't really matter. But it was for a period of time, I struggled with that, so I understand both sides. So maybe if you're one in the room that doesn't understand, and I'm not picking on you, but you don't really understand what that feels like, I just want you to be very careful that you don't be one of those kind of people that bullies or picks on somebody because of whatever. You know, we all have disabilities. Did you know that? You may not have a handicap sticker on your car, but we all have disabilities. Some of them we can see and some of them we can't see. So when you start to want to pick on somebody's disability or their, or their, maybe their, whatever it is, maybe it's not a disability. It's just something, some quirk they have or something they do that's silly and you want to pick on that just remember you have a disability too. And God, he, God didn't make junk. He, so God did not make these outsiders for us to pick on. So we need to set an example. You know, I go to the schools from time to time and eat in the cafeteria. I don't eat in the cafeteria. Sorry, let me back up. Never eat in the cafeteria. But I go to the cafeteria sometimes and I hate when I go in there and I see somebody sitting alone. Just, it breaks my heart. And it happens, it doesn't matter how big the school is. I'm sure it happens here in Forbesburg, Texas. I'm sure there are students that still, every once in a while, maybe sit alone. Or they want to go sit in the cafeteria, go sit in the library so that they don't have to. They ask the library, hey, can I come in? or ask a teacher, can I come to your room during lunch? Because they just can't handle sitting alone. Some people just hate going to school because of those reasons. But tonight I want to look at I want to look at Zacchaeus and I want to see how Jesus reached out to him. There are some really cool points, some things that we can learn from Jesus. All right, so beginning in verse 1, Jesus returned to Jericho and made his way through the town. There was a man named Zacchaeus and he was the chief tax collector in the region and he had come he had become very rich. He tried to get he tried to get a look at Jesus but he was too short to see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and he climbed up a sycamore fig tree beside the road. For Jesus was coming to pass that way. When Jesus came by, he looked up at Zacchaeus and he called him by name. He said, Zacchaeus, you come down. And quickly he came down. I must be a guest at your house today. Zacchaeus quickly climbed down and took, and took Jesus to his house and a great excitement and joy. But the people were displeased. He, he has gone to be a guest at a, at a notorious sinner. They grumbled. Meanwhile, Zacchaeus stood before the Lord and said, I will give half of my wealth to the poor. Lord, I have cheated people on their taxes, and I will give them back four times as much. And Jesus responded, Salvation has come to this house today. For this man has shown himself to be a true son of Abraham. So as we we read through this, Jesus was going to Jericho to, to change a man's life. Jesus knew why he was going there. The disciples maybe not understood. But Jesus knew why he was going there. Most of the time when we read this story, We think of, we're probably being negative about Zacchaeus and thinking about all his mess ups and how he cheated people. But just like every story, there's a story within a story. We don't always understand what's going on until we really take it apart. So Zacchaeus was more than this just lost rich person, he was an outsider. And even though Zacchaeus had a lot of things, he still felt like an outsider to most people. You heard the grumbling. <clears throat> he was a rich man. He had probably everything that you, could, that you could get that day, whatever the latest and greatest things were, but he still, there was grumbling and there was still hateful things that were said to him. You know, again, he was, he was the chief tax collector. He was not just a tax collector. He was the chief of the IRS tax collectors. We would say in today in our time, and again, the reason the taxpayers were hated is because they cheated. Now, <clears throat> I'm going to ask uh, two of my own children to help me today, so if you guys will grab. So <clears throat> when, you're, when you're a preacher's kid, a PK, a lot of the time what happens is when, you're, when your dad preaches, they just tell stories about you, and you cringe about that. And so today, instead of I, I promised them I wouldn't tell stories about them if they would help me with something. So they're going to give you something. I hope, I don't know if there's enough, but I hope there's enough. Maybe you can share. We've got some gummy berries. Y'all go ahead and throw those out. If you get more than one, share it with somebody else. Yeah. <laughs> and we have totally totally lost control <clears throat> All right, I think we've almost got them all out. Here's All right, I think we got them all out. <clears throat> And um, these aren't just any, these aren't just any gummy bears, these are the Happy Cola gummy bears. Oh. All right, so Mark, if I would have gone to a to preaching class in seminary that I did not go to, I'm sure that would have been something they said, don't do, because you'll lose your audience. <laughs> That's right. They would have said you lost your audience. Okay, now there's a reason I gave you those, I just want to help us illustrate tonight what why people hated tax collectors so much. So I don't know, I'm not sure I didn't do a good job. Look how many's in there. There may be four or five. Anybody counted their gummy bears yet? So there's five? Okay. (laughs) So, okay, here we go. All right, so some of you got two for whatever. All right, so let's say five. So this is the way a tax collector would work. Let's say that, you know, you owed, uh, you owed, you know, three taxes or you owe three gummy bears, then they would basically come to you almost and say, what do you got? And they would, they would say, they would tell you, we need five. So they would give three to the government and they would keep the other two in their pocket. And people knew that this was a, they knew this was a common thing. They knew that this was happening. And that's, and that's the reason the people of Jericho had a, a burning desire of hatred to Zacchaeus and other tax collectors. <clears throat> we gotta we got see a couple things here. Jesus was to, was able to crack Zacchaeus the hard shell that was around Zacchaeus from the hatred. Jesus was able to to uh, to come in to come into it and to speak life into him. Jesus was able to. Change Zacchaeus. You know, and I'm, I'm convinced if we're fixing to look at a couple of things, if we'll do the things that Jesus did, there will be a lot of people that will be changed. If we share the love of, G- of Jesus or we share the kind of love that Jesus showed to Zacchaeus, that a lot of outsiders will become insiders very quickly. Now, I understand, you know, you'll say, and I've done the same thing, you'll say, you know, you'll say, Blaine, I've tried. This person, this person sits alone. I've tried. I've tried to be a friend of them. They just continue to shut me out. I've tried to be their friend. I've tried to invite them over and they told me no. I've tried to include them in what we're doing and they've told me no. Well, just like Zacchaeus, they've got to begin to trust you. They've been so, for so long, they have been the butt of jokes for so long, somebody tried that, and it was really just a joke. They invited them to come and be a part. They invited them so they would be the joke of the party, that people would just continue to pick on them. And that happens all the time. I'm not sure why my phone is ringing. I think it's a joke because that was my senior pastor that called me. So I think it was a joke. He knows I'm preaching tonight. And, uh, but haha, my phone is on silent. All right, <clears throat> so back to the story. Again, it takes time. It's going to take time for them to trust you and to know that you truly care. And if you're asking them to be a part, you're trying to help them become an insider, then I hope that that's really what you're doing when you invite them to be a part. So let's look at this real quick. Let's break this apart. <clears throat> Jesus entered Jericho, and he made his way through the town. So he began to, he was looking for Zacchaeus. Again, he had a plan. He had a purpose. You know, he was on his, one of his final journeys, before he went to the cross to pay the price for our sins. One of the things we need to know about this, this trip is that Jesus, if you, if, you look, um, if you look about this journey, where he was heading, he went seven, 40 to 70 miles out of his way to go where he was going. So we find out the first thing that Jesus did to try to reach and to become a friend to an outsider like Zacchaeus is he went out of his way. He went out of his way. He did something that, that, uh, that was, was maybe uncomfortable. it made it longer for them. and again, they're walking, right? They didn't It's not like they were just jumped in a car and went 75 miles out of the way. They were going to walk 75 miles out of the way. I don't know how many of you guys can walk 75 miles in a day. I don't think that's going to happen. I don't know how many days for me, it's probably going to take me, I don't know, more than I think it would, I'm sure. But Jesus went out of the way. He went out of the way to reach Zacchaeus. He did things that maybe were uncomfortable for him. It might have even costed him more money to go out of the way. Maybe an extra meal somewhere, or, or it cost them a, a night's stay somewhere. <clears throat> I don't know. but I know that he went out of the way, and Jesus was willing to do that. I don't know how many of you guys are willing to go out of the way to somebody that maybe seem a little awkward. Seem a little weird. Let me leave a little secret. All of you guys are weird. We've been here a couple days, and I've been watching you guys, and you guys are like freaks. You're weirdos. Most of you are. And you need to you need straighten up. But anyways, I'm kidding. <clears throat> but Jesus went out of the way. So the next time you see somebody in the cafeteria, somebody at a pep rally, or somebody at the football game, and they're sitting alone, or you just see somebody again alone, you know who they are. And you're going to say again, but then I'm going to look weird. Well, whose approval are you looking for? I think I remember a scripture in the Bible that says something like, what kind of approval are we looking for? Are we looking for approval of man or approval of God's? You know know what? You're never going to get the approval of man, but you always get the approval of God. If you're loving people and you're loving him and you're serving him, You will always get the approval. His approval never changes. You know, man's approval does change. One day everybody likes us, and the next day everybody hates us. That's what happens. But God always will give us our approval. One of the other things that I noticed about about Jesus when he spoke to Zacchaeus is he used his name. You know how important it is to use people's names when you talk to them? You know, again, I'm, one of the things that I struggle with is remembering names. It's the reason I like these name tags that we're wearing all week, because I can look, except for you that don't wear your name tag. But I can remember your name. I'm going to give a little secret, and it's just my students here. We don't have any guest students that are here, so it's not like a Wednesday night deal. But I'll ask my students all the time, hey, what's her name? What's his name? Because I want to be able to go up to that kid that's been there, this is her second or third time, and say, Hey, John, man, it's so glad you're here. You're, I'm glad you're here. And I promise you, in his mind, he went, I don't, this is like the second time I've been here. I don't even really know him. And he remembered my name. It's huge. I think all of us feel that way. It's really cool to me when somebody calls me by my name, especially if I, I don't know them very well. You know, sometimes I, I read books. I go to conferences or whatever, and I've been to some to talk about leadership and helping people feel welcome. And one of the things they tell you is to remember people's names. And they, and they kind of sometimes give you little tricks. And they'll say, you know, when you meet somebody, and again, maybe we'll just stay with the name John. Hey, what's your name? My name's John. Well, John, it is really great to meet you. And then we talk, and then maybe we're going to, you know, leave each other for whatever reason. John, hey, it's good to meet you. I'll see you later. I hope we get to talk again sometime. And we always call them by their names. Well, we get in the habit, at least I get in the habit of, is that, hey, man, it's good to see you again. Hey, And I don't ever learn their names. Anybody else do that? Am I the only one in the room? I'm not really sure what girls say. say, Hey, lady, I don't I don't know. I never thought really never thought about that before. But I know I do that. All right. So he used his name, okay? He used his name. He said, Zacchaeus, you come down because I'm gonna go to your house today. And I bet Zacchaeus was blown away. I know I would have been, Jesus would have called me by name, even though I know Jesus knows my name, I still would have been like, wow, Jesus called me by my name. I'm sure Zacchaeus was kind of like, because he didn't really know Jesus, he wasn't a child of Jesus. So he didn't understand that Jesus knew his name. So when Jesus, this amazing person that everybody's talking about, calls him by name so Zacchaeus climbed down the tree very quickly we saw and he he was excited to go to have Jesus over to his house so he remembered his name you know a lot of times names again are very important some of us feel like that the name maybe we were given is not a very good name for some reason we don't like it we think it's a silly name we which embarrasses us. I've never understood that, but sometimes people do. Or maybe somebody that gave them that name left them, and they're not involved in their life. And they look at the name as like a curse. Well, you know, one of the things I also know about our Father is when we make Jesus our our Father, is He gives us a new name. Just like, just like Peter. His name was Saul. And when he, on the road to Damascus, he met Jesus. Later, he said, I'm going to, I'm going to change your name. Your name now is Peter. One of the, I'm Paul, excuse me. Thank you. Paul. He said, I'm going to name you Paul. The coolest part of that though, is he said, I'm going to build church on you and what what did paul do he spent his whole life traveling and telling people about jesus all over the world all over that area again names are important i know growing up though sometimes i struggled with that Because if my mom called me by my first and middle name, I knew I was in trouble. And that wasn't a real exciting thing. But the great thing today is that we know that Jesus called Zacchaeus by his name because he loved him and he wanted to help him change his life. Jesus knew the value in that. We see in John, John chapter 1, verse 42. Again, we see Peter. And it says in John chapter 1, verse 42, Jesus looked intently at Peter and he told him, while your name is Simon, I'm going to call you Peter. And Peter means rock. You're right. Thank you, Anna. Rock, stone. And I said in a minute, ago, I'm going to build my church on you. Remember, values, names use value in people's lives. We need to be friends to the outsiders. We need to be an example. Not only do we need to be a friend to the outsiders, but we need to be an example to our friends and everybody around us. So we stand up for them. We show others that, hey, we're going to quit playing games. We're going to quit picking on people. We're going to quit treating people this way. We're going to treat everybody with love and respect. You know, um, in, our, in our society today, it's just becoming more and more all of these things that maybe we look at as sin and we see a certain sin and maybe we don't struggle with it, so we don't, we don't really, um, we pick on other people because of it, because we don't struggle with it. Now, I'm not telling you that we need to say that whatever sin they do is, is right or we accept it, but we need to love them. We need to love them in their sin so that we will, we will earn the right to share the truth with them. I know some of you have heard this. I've heard this my whole life. People do not care what you know about the Bible and about Jesus until they know that you care about them. That's when they're going to listen to you. That's when they're going to listen to Scripture. That's when they're going to listen about Jesus and about the saving power of Jesus, is when they know that we care about them. One last story that I want to tell you kind of about me. I met a, met a friend that started coming to church, one of the churches my dad pastored when I was growing up. And uh, his family started coming and they were again they were they what I would have said were kind of kind of a different family they you know they kind of lived outside of town and you know they they uh they wore the same there was it was they were nice clothes they were their Sunday clothes but they wore the same clothes every Sunday they had like six kids and and they came every Sunday they were all looked nice but they wore the same clothes every that every time they came to church um just you know again this, this, he was, uh, didn't, he went to school, but he didn't go hang out with anybody. He went straight home. His parents wouldn't let him go into any of the friend's house. And so we became friends and he, and he, and I, and I was a friend to him. He noticed that and, and, and he wanted to be my friend. He wanted to come over and hang out with me. And he would even ask, you know, some of you ever had that friend when you were growing up, some of them may still do it now, but they would always ask you, Hey, can I come over and spend the night? They were always asking themselves over. And this is the way he began to do that. And at first it was okay, but, but he kind of kept doing it. And then, and then some of my other friends, again, I was about fifth or sixth grade at this time. Some of my other friends from church and even school began to realize I was hanging out with this guy. And the story is kind of hard for me to tell, but I, because one day he asked if he could come over, and I told him. His name was Jacob. I'll never remember forget Jacob's name. I told him I said, "Jacob, nope, you can't come over, and I'll tell you what. I don't really want you to talk to me anymore, Jacob." I said, "Jacob, we just uh, you know, I, again, at that age, I, I don't know exactly what I said, but basically what I was telling him was, "Jacob, you're not good enough to hang out with me. You're weird. you're a strange kid. Your family's weird. I didn't say all those things, but that's what I was basically telling. him. That's what he heard. And the strangest thing happened. Family never came to church again. I don't ever remember a time of them coming again. It wasn't long that my family, we were just, dad was going to go to another church and we, and we moved on to another church somewhere else. But I've never forgot, I'm 46 years old, I've never forgot Jacob and I've prayed many times, God, I don't know if Jacob knew you. And I, I've prayed over the years, God, put somebody in Jacob's life. Please, God, put somebody in Jacob's life that he, that tr- that he trusts that will share Jesus with him. I, I hope someday that I'll see Jesus again, and I mean Jesus, Jacob again in heaven. I hope that I will see Jacob because, because I messed up and I'll never forget that. And I just want that to sit in your mind today that, again, you are the only Jesus that some people, you've heard that too, I know, but really and truly, you may be the only Jesus that someone sees. You know, God put you on the football team that you're on, the baseball team, the band you're in, academic part, whatever, whatever, he put you there, not just for you. I don't know if you know that, but he puts you there to share Jesus with all of those around you. He gave you those abilities. Maybe you can throw the football and you can be the star quarterback. Jesus did not give you those abilities so you could be high and lifted up. He gave you that ability so that people would trust you and love you and you could share Jesus with them. Maybe, maybe, maybe God gave you the ability to play the trumpet really well. You know, your, your trumpet group, your, I'm, I was in band, but I don't remember how that works, but your trumpet, your, your line of people, your chair line, whatever, yeah. he puts you there to share Jesus with everybody in there in your trumpet group, the flute, Whatever. He puts you there. He gave you those abilities so that you'll share Jesus. Not that you'll be high and lifted up. Not that you get your name in the paper. You may, and that's great, but immediately we need to give Jesus the recognition. That's the reason. The world that you are in, you need to share Jesus. And we need to love the outsiders, and we need to, again, not only love them, not only accept them, but we need to set an example to others what it looks like to be be the friend of the outsiders. Those that maybe don't fit in the little neat, nice box that you want to put them in. I know there's Jacobs in your life. I haven't always done good, but I've sure tried to love the Jacobs from, from, from that day on. We're going to go to our groups tonight. But before we do that, I just want you to be real still right there. Close your eyes. You and God, don't touch anybody, don't talk to anybody for just a moment. And just ask God this simple question and then be still. Jesus, how do I treat the outsiders? And you may be an outsider, but then you still have the opportunity to share, to love outsiders. So just ask for just a moment. Be still. Jesus, I thank you for the love that you've showed us the way you loved Zacchaeus. Help each one of us to to understand that you went out of your way to love him. You did things that maybe were uncomfortable for you. It may have costed you money or time, but you did that because you loved Zacchaeus. Father, you showed us that that when Jesus on this earth was Zacchaeus, that, that he called him by name. He showed that he was important by calling him by name. And not only did he call him by name, and not only did he go out of his way, but then he wanted to have fellowship with him. He wanted to spend time with him. He wanted to show him that he was important. Father, help each one of us in here today to think about how do we treat the outsiders? Not only how do we treat them? But what kind of example do we set to our friends how we treat those that may be looked down upon because they don't fit in, again, the nice little neat box that our culture says they need to fit in. God, I also pray tonight for each of those in the room that maybe they have, they've never made you the Lord of their life. They've never become a believer. They've never become a disciple of Jesus Christ. That tonight would be that night. There would be no, they wouldn't be able to sleep until they make that decision tonight. Today is the day, your word says, of salvation. So they would grab their leader tonight and say, I need that forgiveness. I need forgiveness. I need Jesus to come in and change my life forever. Jesus, thank you so much for loving us like you do. How you went to the cross and you paid the price for our sins. Jesus, that was definitely an inconvenience for you, but you were willing to do it for us, each and every one of us. I pray all this in the precious, in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. If you'll very quietly go to your small groups tonight. Thank you for listening.